What's up, beer drinkers? We got a special show for you. Another beer history lesson from our good friend, Professor Rachel Bierkowski. This time she gives us the history of the India Pale Ale. And what a coincidence, it's National IPA Day, which always falls on the first Thursday in August. So without further ado, here is Rachel telling us about the history of the IPA. The most popular beer in America is the IPA, according to Untap's 2022 Top 10 Styles. In fact, the top five most popular styles included IPAs. So clearly, Americans really, really like IPAs. But do all of these IPA enthusiasts know where this style came from? Or what makes our style of IPA different from the OG, the English IPA? Well, let's dive in. First off, let's talk about the history of the IPA. This is a somewhat perplexing topic, and as most lore tends to allow for, there are numerous convoluted stories that have been perpetuated over the years. But beer nerds and scholars today aren't having any of that anymore. So let's go back to the 18th century in London. For the last 100 years or so, popular lore has told us that IPAs were allegedly invented by the British during their efforts to colonize India. Again and again, the beer that they sent to their troops failed to endure the sea voyage all the way from London around the Cape of Africa to India. Extreme temperatures and prolonged storage without the benefits of refrigeration were less than ideal conditions for transporting beer. As a result, beer kept spoiling on the trip. So brewers added more and more hops and pumped up the ABV to make it less likely to spoil. So that is the folklore. But recently it has been revealed that this story is not true at all. In fact, England had been exporting dark beers and enjoying them in India's hot climate for centuries before the IPA was even invented. Beer did not need to be strong or heavily hopped in order to survive the journey to India. So, you're going to ask, what is the real story? Well, one thing that the lore has correct is its time frame. India Pale Ale was created in the 18th century, but it was called Pale Ale Prepared for India, which did not get shortened to India Pale Ale until the 19th century. IPA also wasn't really invented by any one person in particular. Alongside the spoilage story, a common myth is that the IPA was invented by George Hogston, who owned Bow Brewery in East London. Hogston had been pinned as the first brewer to send out a paler style of beer called an October Ale. So think of something similar to the concept of an Oktoberfest beer. But October Ale was a style of beer that was aged in barrels with dry hops for long periods of time after its initial 30-day fermentation. At this time, hops were known to be a preservative, and hopping rates were increased with aged beers. Lore goes that this paler October beer not only survived the journey, but was also found to have improved immeasurably. While Hogston sent this paler beer abroad, so were many other brewers at the time, as this was not an uncommon style of beer. So we can't for sure attribute Hogston to being the IPA inventor. 
However, we can safely say that these variations of October ales were most definitely prototype IPAs, and that pale ales prepared for India gradually became paler and refreshing over time. The style persisted as popular in the UK, but by the 20th century, the crisp Czech Pilsner had superseded the IPA on its path to world domination. IPA did, however, hop the pond to America prior to its UK decline. Prior to Prohibition, there were many American IPAs, but only one resurfaced after Prohibition was repealed. That beer was Ballantine IPA from Newark, New Jersey's Ballantine Brewery. It was a true British style of India Pale Ale. Ballantine IPA and their Triple X Ale thrived until the 1960s. Ballantine brewed their beer until the early 1970s, which is when they actually, and unfortunately, went out of business. But fortunately, by that time, the rebirth of the IPA was already in full swing out west. In 1968, experimental hop number 56013 was harvested for research. Although the variety received positive feedback during rub evaluations, it did not develop much interest. The hop ended up in the hands of John Siegel, who continued trials on his three acres of personal land. When verticulum wilt affected the noble hops of Germany, some American brewers began to take note of Siegel's hops. By 1972, this unnamed infant hop boasted great citrus and grapefruit aroma, and it was released to the public. It was then named Cascade in homage to the Pacific Northwest, Northwest mountain range. The modern American IPA boom can be traced back to two beers mostly, Anchor Brewing's Liberty Ale and Sierra Nevada's Celebration IPA. In 1975, San Francisco's Anchor Brewing created Liberty Ale, which was brewed with Cascade. The beer was floral and full of grapefruit bitterness and not so ironically seemed to be freedom from the popularized light lager tyranny. A few years later, another brewer was inspired, inspired by the Cascade hop. His name was Ken Grossman. He had been home brewing since the 1960s and was very familiar with the American hops that were available at the time, such as Brewer's Gold and Bouillon. Grossman and Paul Camusi were starting a brewery that they called Sierra Nevada. From their very beginnings, they used Cascade hops in nearly all of their beers. In 1981, Ken was creating a Christmas time beer, and he wanted to brew an IPA inspired by the then-deceased Ballantine Brewery's IPA. Ken's recipe was hopped exclusively with Cascade, and it was the first beer that Sierra Nevada ever dry hopped. The result was a bitter, hop-forward IPA bursting with flavor, which is still brewed seasonally today. These two beers were the first American IPAs, and it all started with the Cascade hop, and some inspiration from New Jersey's Ballantine IPA. The American IPA gradually became a weapon in craft brewers' battle against big beer conglomerates. The mid-1990s welcomed Lagunitas IPA and Stone IPA, which showcased symphonies of citrus and pine that solidified the West Coast IPA as a stylistic trailblazer. Sierra Nevada first underscored IPA's seasonality with Harvest Ale in 1996, using freshly picked hops to create a new fall category with wet hopped beers. 
But the IPA wasn't solely a West Coast delicacy. Harpoon IPA in 1993 and Brooklyn East IPA in 1995 were early representatives of the East Coast, while Bell's Two-Hearted in 1993 and Goose Island in 1997 held it down for the Midwest. The current IPA era pushes breweries to develop techniques that fully unlock hops flavors and aroma potentials. This is when the IPA category blossomed into milkshake, black, white, Belgian session, double fruited, and even India pale lagers. So, Greg, what is your favorite style of IPA? Depends on the day you ask me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, right now, I'm really getting into some of the hazies again. Because mm-hmm. when the first came, it, it was just revolutionary, right? And it was sure. it was awesome. And then you start getting a lot of the same flavors, a lot of the same profiles. And so you, for me anyway, I went back to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of getting back into the uh, the Northeast style or the juicy or hazy, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it it all depends on my mood. It really, and even like sometimes I'm just done with IPAs. I don't want a lager or a sure. stout or something like that. So yeah. they right now, uh, if, um, as we sit and record this, the hazies. The hazies. Yeah. Yeah. They are delicious. Yes, they are. They are freaking delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And and I appreciate that you cleared up the um, the misconceptions of the overhopping to forget it to survive mm-hmm. the India, but it's still a good meme. It, it's a great <laughs> meme. Yes, yes. As long as we know that the memes aren't true, but we can still uh, have fun with legend it, and lore. It makes the memes even better because then it's not real and it just it, it further deviates. Because if it was like if the memes were based on the truth, which maybe they they kind of maybe they were intended to be. Uh huh. Now that we come farther from that, it just makes them even more satirical. <laughs> It does. So <laughs> on it, on a different level, it makes it better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you sent me a meme when we were talking about creating this this episode today yeah. about the history of the IPA. You're like, oh, it was it was hopped because it took so long to get to India. I was like, nope, that's yeah. not right. <laughs> and it's usually the, the meme is like a bro talking to a uh-huh. girl, like at a like cornering someone, yeah. at a party or something, <laughs> with a drink in their hand. Yep. Yep. Yes. Now, I, I love uh, blowing people's minds with the real history. Yeah, you know, and you introduced a lot of things that I did not know. Um, so, yeah, it, it cleared up a few things. I I knew that I heard the name Hoxton before mm-hmm. and Bauer Brewery and all that. But I also learned later on that they were all doing it. It wasn't just yeah. him. Yep. And and the the Pale Ale for India, was that's, that was what they used to call it. I, I, knew, I knew that, but I didn't know that. Um, that they had already been enjoying the the stronger beers for centuries in in India. I didn't yeah. know that at all. Well, and one thing that I didn't mention in this that I've been getting a lot of questions about IPAs recently. So I was doing some more research, and mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is that the invention of the IPA is less about the addition of lots and lots of hops, and it's more about the evolution of roasting malts. Right. They use coke to roast the malts and produce a paler malt, right? Or something like that? Well, the the um, malt drum was invented in like 1817 oh, okay. uh, by a guy named, I think it was Dan Wheeler. Um, he saw coffee roasters using this like huge drum that mm-hmm. would rotate, that then they could evenly roast their coffee beans. 
Oh, and he see. thought, well, why can't we translate that over to beer and then we can control how roasted our malts are so you can get much paler malts, you know, your medium roasted malts or your super, super dark malts. Without having to sit there and just move them the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And have some be super burned and have some maybe be super green still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's that's wild. Yeah. That, yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, hops are a huge part of IPAs, absolutely, but mm-hmm. also being able to control, you know, how pale and, you know, nice and evenly your grains can be roasted has a big part to do with that too. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And that it that where like it's the line started deviating from like the browns and the porters to exactly. the pale ales and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah cuz we could control how roasted our grains were. So, and you don't have to sit there and pick out each one. <laughs> I'm sure that they yeah, I mean that sounds terribly tedious. I yeah. feel like that's why most beers were just brown because you had some charred, <laughs> you had some charred malts and some still green malts, so right. you had to like mix it all together, and that equates to brownish <laughs> beer. Very nice. What kind of IPAs do you like right now? Um, I mean, I feel like I I'm leaning more towards West Coasts these days. I do love mm-hmm. hazies, but. Because they are so prevalent, it's in my nature to go against what is most right. available. So um, as much as I enjoy a solid, solid hazy, I don't know, I'm craving I'm craving the bitter the piney bitterness these days. Yeah. So on the West Coast style, do you like the like the dankier style or the more citrus or you know, I don't I don't mind any or all of it. Okay. Uh but I do like a higher perceived bitterness. Okay. Yeah. So you're going for like the the palate wreckers. Perhaps. <laughs> sure. Depending on my mood. Like you said, yeah, I might want to get punched in the face by some by some bitterness. Yeah. I, think, I want to say it was Green Flash. They had a beer called Palate Wrecker. Nice. I've not had it, but that sounds awesome right now. I don't even know if Green Flash is still around. I know they try to overextend themselves and open up a brewery on the East Coast. Oh, I didn't know that. And then I think they had to close it, but I don't even know if they're still around anymore. Hmm. But I know I've I've had a fair amount of their beer, but it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a long time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for schooling us on beer. Hey, thanks for having me. 